Welcome in to just another episode of Sportball. I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are my two dege- degenerate gambling friends who I don't even have to ask to join a confidence pool. I already slot them in because they're desperate for any sort of action. Seth and Kyle, gentlemen, how are we living? Greetings. I'm feeling good. I am feeling good. I've uh, how many how many have I picked wrong in the playoffs so far? I only think I've picked like two games wrong, maybe. I don't give a shit, Seth. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm I'm bouncing back emotionally from uh, the Vikings' loss in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but the games went as I wanted them to over the weekend in the divisional round. So. I was happy about that and uh you know otherwise thriving i've only picked one game wrong actually so shout out me and most importantly i still have my quarterback in our fantasy playoff matchup same, and else has Joe so it's gonna be joe against jalen pretty much it's not a yeah i mean for me if because devontae will be going off if the chiefs make the playoffs there's like if the Chiefs two, make the playoffs. The playoffs. The Chiefs, the, the Super Bowl. I think there's like two different teams that have someone other than Kelsey. Hmm. Ideally, well, though, for me and you, Seth, it's, it's Eagles versus Bengals. And it's just a, a QB duel. Yeah, that'd be fun. I wouldn't mind that. That's who I, I got. That's why I got penciled in right now. I know I'm sure I'm skipping to the end of this podcast. But. Yeah, what the hell? Jesus. <laughs> All right. Everyone turn off the podcast now. That's it for us. Uh, all right. But we're not here to talk about our stupid little fantasy challenge. What we are here to talk about is the NFL. We are currently, we just finished the divisional round and got the conference championships up this weekend. Very exciting time. Let's do a little recap of the divisional round, shall we? First game. Chiefs eke out a seven-point win against the Jags. Um, my boys from Duval County finally failed. But no shame in, in losing to the champs, you know what I mean? We hold our head high after that season. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to come clean to the listeners. Or you should come clean, but you're not going to, so we need to I'm the clean cleanest I've ever been. I just showered. You've never been clean, so that doesn't say anything. You truly disgust me. So, <laughs> I should have. This is the one thing I should have prepared Kyle for the podcast today. Yeah, probably. <laughs> basically, what happened, everybody? Oh, I, I typed it up in a text that I just found you. So, on the podcast, the last podcast you listened to, Sam came in with his Jaguars shirt, all gloating about how he won his Jaguars bet that they would make the playoffs, which already was going against his principle because. He picked them not to make the playoffs on the pod. He tells us he's going to continue to wear his Jaguars shirt throughout the playoffs and cheer for the Jags every game. On the podcast, he picks them to win. Then he goes back on his word again, picks the Chargers to win in our confidence pool. Then, as the Chargers are winning, he gloats to us, saying, oh, it's a good thing I picked the Chargers. Then, the Jaguars... (laughs) come back, beat the Chargers, 
then he doesn't pick them to beat the Chiefs and they lose. And now he's coming to us saying as if they're his boys when they're not his boys at all. No, he's the worst kind of bandwagon fan to have ever seen. He jumps on and off the bandwagon, depending <laughs> on how the skies are looking. It's disgusting. He acts like he bought a weekend pass on the Metro. <laughs> May I have a rebuttal? No, but it's you're running it, so. Uh, I don't know what you could say, possibly say. On this podcast, I predicted the Jaguars to win by one point. They did, so. Just come to me if you actually want to get your picks right. That's all I'll say. You didn't make the pick, though. No, but I led others to water I couldn't drink from. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's the oldest phrase in the book. What book? The Bible, I presume. <laughs> anyway, listen. The big story coming out of this game is the Mahomes injury. He has a high ankle sprain went out of the second quarter, was able to tough it out the rest of the game. Usually a high ankle sprain, you're out like four weeks, but Mahomes said that he's going to play next week. So not sure what ankle he's planning on playing on. It better be a bionic one. I feel like high ankle sprains, like, I don't know, in the, in the second or third tier of like worst injuries you can have, right? Like it's not an ACL, it's not an Achilles. But it's like it's like the worst thing besides actually sometimes breaking it's even better. But <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Like some people take two months to come back from a high ankle sprain, and he's saying he's going to play next week. I I believe that he'll play, but I just can't imagine that he's even like fifty percent at least yeah. mobility wise. I would say 50% is best case scenario. I mean, I think he would not be playing at all if he was like an NBA player or like a wide receiver, anything but a quarterback where he can maybe get away with like a three-step drop and just launch. But it, it doesn't even arm. matter. Yeah. I guess it's just all in his arm, but he still uses It's not like it's his left ankle where he's not, he doesn't need it to push off to generate power. Like it's his right ankle. It's the most important ankle. You will you step with your left. No, if you're right hand like he is, I'll give you a demonstration. <laughs> Do the deck if you can. <laughs> He's gonna come back. He needs to his right foot. Oh, I see what you mean. Generate power. Because the left is his plan. Anything, yeah. But yeah. Well, uh, he clearly needs both angles. I won't <laughs> say not. I mean, like he could still pass the ball decently, perhaps, with with his know-how but he's not going to be mobile at all right Kyle I mean he's not going to be running for these first downs I mean they taped him up really heavily at halftime or what happened in the third quarter right no it was at halftime yeah it was at halftime late second quarter and he wanted to go back in oh right right and then they just held him out until half Um, I mean with his with his like smarts and know-how it's almost like he is now like the 45 year old Tom Brady in the pocket right (laughs) any bit of pressure he's probably screwed He's probably still better than the 45 yeah. Tom Brady because he's got a this cannon for an arm still, even not being able to plant, but or push off, I should say. But they're gonna tape it up so he'll basically be like he won't be immobile. able to bend it. Yeah, it'll just be like a splint almost, right. and it'll just be a pocket passer. And I mean, we'll get to this game coming up, but with how the Bengals looked like 
the Chiefs are not going to be favored, at least by smart betters in the next round. We'll talk about how the betting line moved there because it was very interesting, actually. Mm. So, I mean, in my opinion, the Bengals were going to win with Mahomes healthy anyway. So, let's save that for later. Uh, the Jaguars' future looks pretty bright, especially given the more abound division that they come from, right? I mean, you look around the division, the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans, none of them know who their quarterback is next year, I would say. And then with the emergence of Trevor Lawrence, it seems like the Jaguars could win a few division titles in the future, right, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Add to the fact that next year they'll be adding Calvin Ridley, who should be extremely (laughs) well-rested. I mean, Kirk showed out this year. I think they found their slot receiver in Zay Jones, ETN know proved what he could do on the ground I I feel like they should be using him in passing situations more but they seem to still kind of split that or lean a little more towards like Jamichael Hasty we'll see what happens have you seen try to catch the ball though it's like the least fundamental thing I've ever seen like he's good once he has the ball in his hands but I'm pretty sure he caught quite a bit of passes in college yeah I mean in college you know it's easier have you seen him catch the ball it's it's like the worst fundamentals I've seen. Someone's got to coach him up. Like you really know how to critique fundamentals in football? Just see me out there on Thanksgiving. I'll tell you what. Would y'all I mean Yeah, he had 48 uh, oh, receptions being, his last his last year in college. Being That's wary. College. Welcome to the pros. I feel like Sam watched him like dropped three balls and now he thinks his fundamentals uh, are bad. Yeah, he was on my fantasy team. You better believe I was locked into him dropping those balls. So thinking about Jaguars in general, would you say the Jaguars have a brighter future than the Chargers? And would you also say you'd take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert for their careers? Or is that just recency bias? I think Early it's recency say, bias. Yeah. I still think Herbert's a better quarterback overall but i mean yeah. i can't trust that that staff coaching it's staff the by organization means. yeah the entire organization <laughs> they're not to be trusted <laughs> i yeah i agree with that um herbert definitely didn't play well down the stretch of that jaguars game but it's almost as if their head coach didn't understand that he was allowed to hike the ball with not that many seconds left on the clock like he thought maybe they got extra points for hiking me with 20 seconds left on the play clock. So, and he wasn't fired either. So they fired the offensive coordinator at least that should help. Hopefully. I never know like how much of that kind of stuff is on the head coach or the OC. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, it depends on the team, but either way is inexcusable. Yeah. I, I would say I would say, I mean, the Jaguars have a clearer path forward, I feel like, because the Chargers still have the Chiefs in their division, you know? I mean, the Jaguars could be in the playoffs every year for the next five years just due to their division if none of those quarterbacks, the new quarterbacks in their division pop. So it'd be interesting Correct. to see. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but with an extra wild card team, you know, compared to previous years, like, I feel like the Chargers will still be able to make the playoffs mm-hmm. if they're at all decent, like they were this year, you know, 
but maybe just, it's a, a tougher matchup. Like, but to, I mean, for both of them, I think it's going to be hard to get past like the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills. Definitely, at least in yeah. the short term. Yeah, so, I don't think any of us besides Sam will probably say that they're Super Bowl contenders, and then they won't make it. And he'll say, "See, I told you they would never make it to the Super Bowl." But I mean, they'll be contending what with two rookie quarterbacks next year in their division. And then who the hell knows what the Titans are going to do? It doesn't seem like they're ready to give Malik even a chance. I'm not ready to give Malik a chance. Ryan Tannehill. Really, what was he without A.J. Brown? He was who we thought he was. Depends on who we are, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be – if you're a non-Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, um, AFC team – you got some tough sledding ahead of you. It was like when the Colts and the Patriots were atop the AFC for all those years, right? Certainly seems like that. I mean, this is the Chiefs' what fifth straight conference championship? Yep. Uh, game appearance, correct? So they could easily go another five. And obviously, Joe Burrow had his moment in the press conference saying, "Hey, their championship window is his entire career." Hard to argue with him so far. (laughs) And despite, like, the Bills kind of falling apart, I think we're all still high on the Bills going forward, and Josh Allen maybe doesn't look quite as invincible as we thought he was at the beginning of this season, but it's not like they're they're going downhill either. So Let's just hit that game now. Let's stop dancing around it. Because that was the most important game, like long-term legacy-wise, or something. You know what I mean? It felt like the most weighted, weighty game, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, the Bengals smacked around the Bills. Absolutely, just gave it to them. Twenty-seven ten. It wasn't even that close. I'm not surprised the Bengals won. I am a little surprised that it was just never in doubt. It was just a, a slug, just beat out, blowed out. I'm beat down, blowed out. <laughs> I think that's what they do to your hair uh, at the hairdresser. But mm. they, I mean, they dominated in every facet of the game. Both of their offensive defensive lines just absolutely dominated the Bills. Um, every play, every time they were they, their offensive line was also missing two starters. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was the one of the stories of the game. Right? Was their offensive line, and and that was, I mean, last year that was the big thing with the Bengals, and we saw Joey Burrow like getting sacked over and over and over. And then they went out and tried to improve the offensive line over the offseason. And then they had injuries so that those improvements didn't even really materialize. And then their offensive line was still just really good. So a, a little bit wild. Um, but, you know, maybe those players are just showing everybody that they're just as good and maybe they should have been starters, you know, at the beginning of the year. But um, well, I think they just had also, a, a deep offensive line. They definitely do, but it also goes to show just how bad the the, the Bills' defensive line is without Von Miller. Without like, Von. They yeah. have no studs on that line, and every time the Bengals touch the ball, whether it was a run or a pass, it seemed like they were gaining six to eight yards every time. No problem. Just march up and down the field on them. You know what the most interesting thing to me, though, is, right, is kind of looking back on the Bills' season – Everyone is so high, obviously, on on Josh Allen, and I guess rightfully so as, as like an athlete, but he was turnover prone before Brian Dabble came in 
to the system. The bowl. The bowl. No. I say it how I'd like. You know <laughs> um, Do you have a problem? We've been over this. I went to speech <laughs> therapy for a lot of my life. Yes. Okay, good. Me too. But it's only um, ours for me, though. Yeah, no, it's just strange names, essentially, for me. <laughs> but he leaves. Well, once he's there, right? I think the uh, Bengals, his, while he's there, are like first or second least turnovers in the league. I want to say something like that. First year out, right? He's now with the Giants. Giants have the second least amount of turnovers in the NFL. And then the Bengals, or the Bengals, the uh, the Bills, I think they led the NFL in total turn. Oh, no, third. Third in total turnovers. They had 13 lost fumbles, all of which came from Josh Allen. 14 interceptions as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the fumbles have been a problem. What was interesting was if you listen to the broadcast, I know sometimes Kyle doesn't like to hear the, the <laughs> color commentators and play by play, but Tony Romo was going on and on about how Mr. January, the, the biggest critique of Josh Allen is the turnovers. And it just goes to show that's not the only factor of like winning, losing because there were no turnovers against the Bengals, but they just still weren't good enough. Right. So it's like, yeah. You you need to find that balance where you still have to take some risks and play the way Josh Allen is capable. And like sometimes you're gonna have turnovers that way, but you can't just eliminate those so much that you're just playing it safe and punting, you know. Right. right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the most the- I mean the the most I, I feel like the biggest thing in that game too was for whatever reason. And I don't think it really had much to do with coverage. He just could not complete a pass to Stefan Diggs at all. Everything was yeah. like five to ten yards over his head or past him down the field. It was yeah. like no matter what, whenever he decided to throw the digs, he had no accuracy, but he could hit any other receiver underneath. I was <laughs> Yeah, he was not very good in that game. But I will say the turnover thing is like I, I don't mind a few turnovers, like Seth was saying, because, like, you look at Joe Burrow, he had 14 interceptions last year, 12 this year. You know, Josh is around 14, 10 to 14 every year. Um, like, that's kind of what you want, honestly, is taking risks. But it's kind of like the fumbling is a big issue. He had almost as many fumbles this year just because he was trying to do too much. And I think that's in large part to the talent def- deficiency of this Bills team. I mean, Besides Stefan Diggs, they have nothing on offense. Like Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, uh, Gabe Davis, these are all just guys. They're not they're average at best. And he feels like he has to do everything himself. Yeah, sure. But I feel like you can also kind of blame the offensive coordinator in that sense, too, right? Because it didn't mm-hmm. seem like that in the last couple of years when it was essentially the same cast of characters, but yeah, we had a higher completion percentage, less turnovers, you know, just a, what seemed like a more a, a quarterback that was more confident in his teammates being able to make plays as he was able to make his own plays. Whereas now it seems like at any sense of a breakdown, he doesn't feel confident that he could throw it to pretty much anyone. Mm-hmm. His immediate thought now is back to just taking off with his legs. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he trusts the new offense or something, you know, and maybe that'll be better next year with more time together. 
The other thing that stood out to me was just the arc of the seasons for these two teams. Like the Bills came off the last year where they had the heartbreaking loss to Kansas City in one of the greatest games that any of us have watched, right? And everyone's like picking the Bills preseason to go to the Super Bowl. They came out of the gates, like win their first couple of games. Everyone's like, are the Bills ever going to lose? You know, they end up dropping a few, right? But I feel like they they peaked early and they were mm-hmm. like so fired up to get revenge that they just peaked early in the season. And then Von Miller goes out and they start to have a couple injuries. And by the time we got to playoff time, not that they were like limping into the playoffs, but I feel like they weren't peaking. Whereas the Bengals started slow. Everyone's like Super Bowl hangover. What's going on? And then they've just been slowly ascending all year. And now I think they're playing the best that they've had that they've played all year. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if it's one of those, you know, kind of like where we see with NBA teams, whether it's LeBron's teams who don't care about the regular season or the Warriors who sometimes coast in the regular season and turn on in the playoffs. Or I think the Bengals like, had the experience last year and saw what it took to get to the Super Bowl. And they did kind of the same thing last year where they, they didn't dominate in the regular season and then they went on a run in the playoffs. So I I feel like they have a sense now of, of what that takes and the things that they need to do during the regular season to get themselves ready to be peaking in the playoffs. And the bills are just like desperate to prove everybody wrong or to like have success that their franchise hasn't had in a long time. And they, you know, they, they sputtered out too early. They went for it and they, they didn't have the energy or the depth in the team uh, to withstand the injuries or just like to keep that level of play throughout the whole season. I mean, Bill Belichick famously says that like nothing matters before Thanksgiving, you know, right. like you need to be peaking later in the season, especially with this extra week added. It's a real give and take in the regular season. And you want to make sure you're peaking, you know, when the weather turns colder and the bills started out so hot. We we're like, I think it's going to like blow out everywhere and go 18 and oh, and then look at them now. So yeah, that's definitely a factor too. Uh, shall we hit the Eagles giants? Just an absolute. Another yeah. Shellacking is right. It's another, another beat down blowout. Uh, not ever close in this game. I mean, the Eagles went up 28 to zero uh, really sh- just underscores how absolutely despicable the Vikings are that the giants just got destroyed <laughs> by the Eagles. I mean, not even the same class. Um, <laughs> so it's gone, <laughs> but man, I mean, the Eagles really just reminded us how dominant they are, right? Kyle, they sputtered down the stretch a bit similarly to the bills, but with the healthy hurts, they showed that they just are great in every facet of the game. Yeah. I don't really, I, I kind of write off their late season losses, just considering two, uh, two of those losses were under Gardner Minshew um, and not, Hurts and also missing pieces in their secondary as well. Um, really, the Eagles decided to the injuries that they were going to have. They decided that to happen at the perfect time in the season where they were able to lock up a first round buy, get all of those players that were not, you know, not having a full bill of health come in to the divisional round fully healthy, fully rejuvenated. 
um, and just completely laid it down on on the Giants. Sacked Daniel Jones five times, I think. Hit him eight. Um, there was just he he was pressured on almost three quarters of every drop, all of his dropbacks. Like best secondary in the NFL too. So I mean, Purdy's. Uh, I don't know how much we want to. <laughs> That's okay. I'll yeah, Purdy will probably that. have trouble yeah. against that secondary. Yeah. yeah. Uh Seth, bright future for the Giants, though, it must be said. One would think. I think they're going to re-sign D- Daniel Jones and Saquon. And I just have so much confidence in their new coach that I think they just might hang around for a while despite, you know, needing to rebuild some talent there. Yeah, I mean, Kyle was talking about Brian Dayball earlier, and he's shown quite the prowess as the Giants head coach this year. Um, huge turnaround for Daniel Jones from the beginning of the season from last year where it was like, all right, this guy isn't it. Who are the Giants going to get to rebuild around? And now it's kind of like, hey, he's the prototypical quarterback, like dual threat quarterback that you would want, right? He's kind of yeah. in that mold of Josh Allen where he's a bigger quarterback. You can see over the the defensive line he's hard to tackle he's fast enough um where he's a threat with his legs and he's shown like good enough accuracy this year so yeah. i agree with with signing jones and saquon back um let's be reasonable with, with saquon though with the emergence of isaiah hodgins it's like my boy hard to fully evaluate their wide receiver core and the other weapons on the offense but i do feel like uh, they come up a little short with like offensive firepower compared to the very top teams in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Giants fans are uh, ecstatic compared to their expectations to start the year. Yeah, I think I think I, I think Hodgins is a keeper. I could lose the rest of my receiver core to be honest. If they just replaced yeah. all of them in the offseason, I don't think that would be a big problem. Um, Saquon supposedly uh, report came out earlier today that he did decline a contract extension of twelve million dollars with the Giants because he mm. he feels he deserves to be getting compensated similar to Christian McCaffrey in the sixteen million dollar a year range. He hey, he's not really wrong. They're probably the two best running backs in the NFL, dual threat wise. Dual threat wise. <laughs> I would give him a little less than Christian, but I could see it. I mean, he's had more of an injury history than Christian. I guess Christian. I don't think you could say that. Yeah, no, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. I guess Christian lately has caught up to him. It used to be Christian never missed a game, like his first. And then the last three years, he missed like half (laughs) the season every year. So maybe he'll flip flop. Maybe Saquon will be perfectly healthy in the second, in the back half. We'd love to see that. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I would be careful. Just. Proceed with caution, Giants. As long as um, the Bears don't go out and just spend $16 million. I know we have the cap space, but I don't um, think we need that. Man, I would be if so that's our last, to watch If him, that's though. the last piece that we add, right. I'm all for it. Well, if that's the have... first move that we announce, though, I will be pissed. <laughs> if we fill our other 27 holes, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking on the football field. Um, let's <laughs> rehab the, the final night game. Uh, Niners squeak by the Cowboys 19 to 12. Uh, Disgusting. I gotta tell you, I'm a little disenchanted with Dak Prescott. Um, I you used to say. think, <laughs> I used to think that he was in the top, um, 
maybe 10, maybe 12 quarterbacks in the league. And now I just think he's he's a worse Kirk Cousins. He's Whoa. not worse than Kirk Cousins. Easy. Listen. Who made it farther? You can't tell me he's worse. Each game is not just about the quarterback. Okay, <laughs> okay maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I'm ready to t- say anything right now because he was terrible. Two interceptions. One of them was awful. He almost took a safety on the last drive of the game with like 30 seconds left. Did you see that? And somehow the guy just didn't tackle him. That was uh, a bizarre play. Like <laughs> the defensive lineman just ran straight into him. Yeah. And just like bumped him instead of wrapping him up. I'm like, what? Why? Why? <sighs> yeah. Dak was was rough for sure. It's hard to say where he stands in the hierarchy of quarterbacks because I think Kirk Cousins would have beat the Bucks and then also lost to the Niners. So I don't really know like where to put him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bucks are a disgusting team. So, <laughs> but then I again, think he's right there, at, though. I think he's like mediocre now. I don't know. I have no faith left. He's still top fifty percent in the NFL in quarterbacks. List them all right now, like we do every four weeks. All right, uh, <laughs> give me a second here. Um, all right, I'll, I'll start. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I put Burrow over Allen now. I'm not going in order. I'm just listing. Players, I just want the listeners. To know How dare that. you, Kyle? <laughs> um, Herbert, Rogers, Lawrence, Hurts, obviously. Uh, how many is that? Seven, That's seven. Lamar, give me Lamar. Yeah, I guess Lamar if he's healthy. Um, Gino, uh, this is where you Daniel Jones, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Tua. Um, Tua, yes, I agree with. Yeah, see, that's why it's like Dak can sneak in. Like, yeah, then it's Dak. After you that get point, to ten, literally, yeah, <laughs> it's slim pickings, you know. Yeah, Derek Carr, will you allow me? No, not a fucking chance. He Russell just got Wilson? kicked out after getting an extension. Russell Wilson. No, I'm glad I didn't bring him up. <laughs> Kenny Pickett was looking nice. He's a rookie. No. Brock Purdy? No. Brock did not make the same mistakes that Dak did in this game. It's all say Matthew no, Stafford. No, I wouldn't say that's true. Brock had a couple throws that should have been intercepted, and the defense didn't catch it. That like he's had also sure, a couple other games. Matthew Stafford? I guess when he's healthy. I don't know what he's going to come back and look like now, though. Kyler Murray, I hate, but honestly. Probably okay, better than but that. we're still not at yeah. 15. Jared so. Goff, yeah. will you allow me? Okay, Goff's so probably I'm, up there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Goff because I remember thinking about this like years ago, and they were the same draft class, and it was Dak, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz. And I remember immediately afterwards, right? Carson Wentz is like an MVP candidate, and Goff is terrible, and then it's like, wow what a big mistake, like drafting Goff first. And then since then, Carson Wentz went down the tank. It was terrible. Dak rose up and we were like, oh my gosh, Dak's by far the best quarterback in this class. And that was true for a while. Goff then made a Super Bowl and we're like, well, okay, Goff's pretty good, but is that just all Sean McVay? 
maybe Goff. And now, and then we would have said Dak again. And now it's like Goff was actually pretty good with the Lions. And Dak is like sliding again. Wentz nowhere to be found. But it's just interesting how your evaluations of quarterbacks can change so much in, you know, six years, seven years since their draft. And it makes you wonder how we're going to reevaluate like the Joe Burrow, Herbert Tua class Mm -hmm. years to come or the Justin Fields and crew Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. uh, And crew is right. The right way to put it with Fields. Thank you. I will, I'll say it perfectly right now. No one's going to argue with me. You ready? <laughs> so he's just another one of those quarterbacks, it turns out, that if you have good blocking, you have you know perfect talent around him, can make a run in the playoffs. But if not, he's not going to elevate the talent further than it would go otherwise, right? Similar to Jared Goff. If you have good blocking and good weapons for Jared Goff, he can run a good offense. But I think he's you're saying not necessarily going to elevate them above above what they would be based on their talent. There's and only I like thought, five quarterbacks in the NFL that I think we could say I thought are Dak like was game one of, I really did. I at one point think Dak was one of them, you know. But I just and don't then, think so anymore. And then there's the quarterbacks who make the rest of the team around them worse, <laughs> and that's where we find Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh man! And what ha- what really? But, screwed Dallas up was that Pollard injury because they don't have a lot of explosive players again, which doesn't help Dak out. And when they lost Pollard, it was pretty clear just how slow they looked, you know, the Niners defense so much faster than them. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that could have, if they went just the other way on a single play, I feel like the game turns out a different way. (laughs) Like that Kittle catch that everyone's like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah. It's good hand-eye coordination, but like, that defender that was back there, that safety that was back there, somehow not touching him whatsoever while he's it was Trevon Diggs. Ball. Yeah, how he doesn't yeah. touch him at all, like even just a finger across the face mask, and he doesn't catch that ball. In my opinion, that's like such a huge Correct. momentum shift right there. Like, yeah. Also, like I said, there was the one or two passes that I could remember where. Yeah, Purdy should have been intercepted. Wasn't that's happened to him a lot since he's become the starting quarterback. So, I mean, he's got that juju. Dak on the last, I mean, the the punt return by Turpin in the end of the fourth quarter, like he made the choice to try to cut back inside for whatever reason, right towards the kicker. Where if he would have just kept taking his momentum outside to the right. I feel like he could have very easily returned that kick and it's a tie game with like two, three minutes left. Like, it's just like so many small things that just go one way. And I think the Cowboys end up winning that game, which is why I'm not at all super confident that the 49ers are going to like kick the Eagles ass or even win at all. I I think the Eagles kind of handedly handed to him. The Niners, they definitely got lucky on a few plays. Like all the all the 50-50 plays it seemed like went their way. Yeah. Except for that fump, they fumbled a punt though. And um like a few others. But they're just a better team than the Cowboys, in my opinion. And they they are uh, they were like very un chargers like in the way once they got a, a little bit of a lead, right? They milked every single second off the clock and just right, yeah. gave the Cowboys almost no chance to get back in the game. Um 
But yeah, I don't know about the Cowboys in the future. Like this team is constructed. It's just kind of a divisional round team. Like it's kind of like the Bills where once you get past CD Lamb, I mean, what kind of talent are you looking at? Right. Um yeah, I will I, say you need to you need to add you need to add someone over the offseason. I mean, Dalton Schultz has been good for what he is, but he also made huge mistakes on the final drive of that game. Boy, yeah. Two and two back to back huge mistakes. Maybe the addition they make is really just another year of Gallup coming off the injury. You know, maybe maybe that turns things around. Could could be, but I feel like they've been saying Gallup is going to be the number two option for like the last six years, and it's never really materialized (laughs) as you would want. But it's like if you think about it, right? Gallup's your number two there, but then you look at the other top teams in the NFL besides the Chiefs because they're just an anomaly altogether. But like, and the the Bills, I guess, but the Bengals, right? three kind of two definite star receivers Tyler Boyd would easily be better than Michael Gallup on the Cowboys yeah uh the Niners the who, boss of, who they just played right <laughs> the yeah, the, honestly probably yeah. I mean the Niners Ayuk is a better second option than literally anyone yeah. besides CD so I will Devonta say Smith on the Eagles right yeah, yeah. I will say I've been down on CD more than most, but he was awesome in this game. I mean, I don't know how you can be down, down on him. He's yeah, he's a stud. Like just you know, tempering. Like I, I said, he was kind of like Terry, Mc, the same as Terry McLaurin when we did the wide receiver rankings. You know, but man, he he showed out this game and showed how he's a number one. He almost carried them on their backs. Um, all right, let's let's preview these two games this weekend: the conference championships. Uh, first game: Niners at the Eagles, two p.m. Sunday. Eagles are favored by two and a half. Hasn't moved at all. I just love this game. I'm so excited for this game. Like, this is two heavyweights. Like, well, first of all, it feels like we got the four best teams, doesn't it? It does. That are, you know, it sometimes doesn't always happen with football because it's one game. But I think Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, and Eagles clearly are the cream of the crop in the NFL. Um and in this matchup, we have the first, the best defense, the first defense in DVOA in the Niners against the third offense, offensive DVOA of the Eagles and first in the NFC. So it's really just two heavyweights fighting it out. Seth, what do you, Kyle already tipped his hand perhaps as to who he's leaning towards. How are you feeling? I know you've been, you've been hot on the Niners before in your storied picking career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, like I find myself cheering for the Niners, um, and I, I would I would want to cheer for them against the Eagles, but it's like the classic dilemma of how much do you weigh how well the teams did in the previous round going forward, right? Like the Eagles looked way better than the Niners in the divisional round. So, do you say that well, you know, they're just going to carry their momentum and they're clearly a better team, or is that just it's so dependent on matchups and you know 49ers have all these weapons that Kyle Shanahan gets to play with um so I think you know to be like the the contrarian to Kyle I think I probably will take the Niners in this game I'm not super confident in it um I think it's a, a fun story with Brock Purdy right being this rookie and he's got 
all the weapons in the world that he could ever want. Mm-hmm. And then on the other other side, you have Jalen Hurts as this new dual threat quarterback. And he's got plenty of weapons too, but the offense is really more centered around like what Jalen Hurts does well, as opposed to like Brock Purdy, obviously. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting clash of styles and um, it might just come down to like whose defense can stop the other. Yeah. I mean, I'm riding with obviously the Eagles all day. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that came about from that Niners win to get them to this spot is both of their running backs, one of which just returned from IR, not only not just a few weeks ago, and their star running back that they had a massive trade for earlier this season are now both day to day and injured and didn't look that great against um against Dallas who we know they have their defensive stars as well but the Eagles by no means have a lack of defensive talent um like I said they have the best secondary in the league uh I their pass rush is I'm pretty sure top of the league as well Mm. um especially with um who is that Hassan Reddick uh, just last week was just he was in every single play in the backfield. So they had they had the third most sacks in NFL history this year. Right. Yeah. 70, 70 sacks this year. I think they're almost like the anti bills. <laughs> so it's like I I think what Dallas laid out was kind of the groundworks as to how to contain the threats of Debo and McCaffrey. Now you got McCaffrey banged up. You got Mitchell a little banged up. They're both going to play. Are they going to be 100%? Who knows? Probably not. And I don't I, I don't trust Brock, rookie Brock Purdy, who's been very lucky in his turnover-worthy plays not being turnovers so far this year to kind of continue to luck box that against, I understand DVOA says that the 49ers are the best defense in the NFL, but I would argue that if the Eagles had a healthy, fully healthy defense on the stretch, they'd be one and two probably ranked. What does luck box mean? What do you mean? I don't know. You said luck box. I just don't know what it means. (laughs) Yeah. He'd luck boxed into it. Not happening. Like it it was just a, it was a strike of luck that those turnovers luck, but what is the box in there for? Pretty sure that's a pretty, Common phrase, at least for gambling. For gambling. This is like when he said, what is it, like two birds in a stone or something? What did he say last time? Kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> no, what did he say last time? It was like a bird cage or something, or like a bird, cat bird. Cat bird seed. Cat bird seed. Yeah. Cat bird seed. A player luck who's box. luck box. A player whose success is a result of good luck. Why don't yeah. they just say luck, though? I don't understand. A person oh, he's so full box. of luck in poker that is disgusting and ridiculous. That's how I feel about Brock Purdy. Why can't you just say lucky, though? I don't understand. It's a term. I don't know why you're, like, getting upset and <laughs> arguing it. I didn't, I'm not I didn't upset. I want to know the etymology of it. I, I'm pretty sure, like I said, it originated in poker. <clears throat> yeah. What's the box, though? Damn it. Why does nothing on there? Frosted Flakes. <laughs> All right, I'll have to dive into this later. Um, 
Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you, Kyle. I don't know. This is a tight game. Wouldn't be surprised if either team won, but um Eagles by 10 plus. That's spicy. You gonna buy an Eagles shirt and wear on the pod next week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kyle's been consistent with his Eagles fandom since the beginning of the year. So I guess that me too. Unlike some people. I, be, I, I bet on them to be first in the uh, NFC. You don't hear me brag about it. I mean, I have bragged about it every podcast, but uh, <laughs> I think when it really comes down to it, I'm going to pick the Eagles because they're home, and I just I just prefer Hurts to Purdy. Going to give the edge to the Hurts there. Um, 26-24, though, close game. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Hey, if the fans are – if the fans find another lacrosse game to tailgate it starting at 8 a.m. the same day, I mean, could be another 10 plus win, right, Kyle? <laughs> I don't, they don't even need that, but it's going to happen. So, <laughs> all right. Bengals Chiefs, the rematch, 5 30 Sunday. Bengals favored by one. Mm. The line started at Chiefs minus one and a half. But betters everywhere listen to Seth's pleas to hammer the Bengals and have since moved to a Bengals favorite. I mean, this is all due to Mahomes' injury. If Mahomes was perfectly healthy, this line would have been probably three or four. Um, you could I don't disagree. know. You could disagree with – you would have bet against it maybe, but that's what the line would have been. I don't think um, it would have got past two and a half. Really? I think – I think – I think uh, with people no on the Bengals – I think it might have. I mean, no look chance. how much this line moved right now. It moved two points in favor of the Bengals because the Mahomes injury. But so they set that line originally minus one. I would assume, yeah, assuming up. that he's not injured. And now <laughs> that they set it happened, wrong, no, they must have known he's injured. Vegas always knows. That's why they build those all those casinos every year. Um. Regardless of the line, you guys are both going to pick the Bengals. So just tell me why. Last week. <laughs> prime example. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't we? The Bengals look like the best team in the league. I think Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, like Sam, you said Burrow's ahead of Allen now in your rankings. Yeah. Like, I think Mahomes is still a half tier above Burrow or like yeah. a couple steps ahead, but it's not like it's Burrow against Purdy, you know, right. it's like fully healthy. They're mostly comparable. Mm-hmm. And so with the hobbled Mahomes, you would definitely give the quarterback edge to Burrow and then the whole rest of the team, you know, other than like Travis Kelsey, like I think the Bengals have a much better team overall you never yeah. know with their with their offensive and defensive lines, like how much of their O-line success, like you said, Sam, was due to the Bills not having a good pass rush. But I don't know. They looked really good. I think they're confident. They've beaten the Chiefs like three in three a row. Three times, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm quite con- – I'm like, I'm like Kyle with his Eagles. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Bengals. Obviously – Mahomes can can pull something out of his ass and maybe the tape job is like just so miraculous but I I'd be pretty shocked if the if the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl this year I mean we I, saw uh, yeah. we saw them 
I get that Mahomes didn't play a, a few drives, but we saw the Jaguars put up a decent fight against them. They only lost by a score. And I, I just can't imagine, obviously, but um, we haven't seen much of T Higgins in the playoffs yet. Like it's been kind of the Jamar chase show. Cause they really haven't had to open it past Jamar chase at all. So like, I, I feel like everyone always, you always think of Jamar chase and Joe Burrow when you think of the Bengals. But again, we've been talking about uh, for, I feel like years now, how good T Higgins is in his own right. And it's like, he hasn't had to do anything still. <laughs> so sure, maybe they put some attention on Jamar Chase, but good luck then containing T and Tyler Boyd and Mixon turning it on last week finally after a pretty slow previous couple weeks. They're just their defense as well has been leaps and bounds better than anything I could have expected. I feel like they did this last year, too, where they really stepped up at the end of the year and into the playoffs. And here we are now, same situation. I just, I I don't foresee them just kind of rolling over at this point. It's Super Bowl or bust. I, I don't really disagree. And I was trying to think of the, the argument for the Chiefs because I knew that you were – we're both going to pit the Bengals, and I don't like when we all agree. Um, it certainly worries me, and it should worry Bengals fans. But I just like could the Chiefs, the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey triumvirate, got through a win at home with the frenzied crowd behind them? They could. I mean, obviously, this line is only one, so. Vegas isn't as confident as you are in the Bengals, but I just don't you see understand myself... how they set those lines, right? <laughs> this is crazy. We Here we go. <laughs> but I just don't, I just don't foresee. I, I, I just don't foresee the Bengals losing either. I mean, I feel like they can shut down Travis Kelsey and not let him have 14 catches like the Jaguars did. Right. Yeah. No, I would hope. Not a chance, in my opinion. <laughs> and, you know, Joe Burrow is the truth. And big game Lou on the other side, Lou Anaramo, is going to is gonna find a perfect game plan against the Chiefs. Burrow is literally playing like the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, I think in the, AFC, in the AFC championship game last year, Mahomes posted a 1.4 QBR in the second half in overtime. <laughs> Under Thanks to the... Uh, yeah, big, big game lose adjustments at halftime. Does kind of feel like they figured them out, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Lou has got Andy Reid and Mahomes' number like no other. Yeah, he's living there rent free. <laughs> I think if Mahomes was perfectly healthy, I would have picked the Chiefs just to kind of go against you guys, but I just can't stomach it with with that injury. Um, so I think we're looking at a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl. I know it's going to be a fantastic Super Bowl as well. That would be awesome. That is the great thing about, like you said, Sam, it feels like the top four teams made it this far, other than the Vikings, obviously. Um, and so it, what it means is, like, no matter what the matchup in the Super Bowl is, it's going to be great, I feel like. 
yeah, I mean, if if we get Chiefs Niners, which none of us expect, but if it does happen, that's a rematch of a couple years yeah. ago. Um, if we get Bengals, Bengals Eagles, I mean, we get Burrow versus Hurts, right? And then if we get um, and Bengals, probably Niners, we probably get down three. The two best receiving groups in the NFL against each other as well. If it's Bengals Eagles, yeah. Yeah, you have I to say that. those are the two best receiving. I mean, I guess once once you get I past, guess, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, but we, the second receivers are better than Thielen at this stage of his career, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Although KJ Osborne sneaky coming on as the number two grab, so. But I mean, come on, Devonta Hawkinson. If we're counting tight ends, yeah, I, I think you have to. I guess I was thinking about that because after Devonta, there's no one. I yeah. Besides I mean, Goddard, good. right? Yeah, it's just Goddard. But then on the Bengals side, you get to Boyd. But then after Boyd, I wouldn't be saying like Hayden Hurst uh, has Hayden Hurst. Is, yeah, he's got his moments, sure, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he goes like strictly wide receiver. Too. I think definitely. I think you got the best too. Um, but man, I would be intrigued by any matchup, and I'm really happy with with these both these matchups. They're going to be must see TV. Put your popcorn on. Put the kids to bed. At 2 p.m. and watch both these games. I mean, it's going to be barn burners. You guys excited? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I need you. I need you. You work with this Jacob guy, right? Yeah. I need you. Shout out Jacob. Drop, if he's drop hints all week that I need. Does he listen to this? Uh, I can't remember. I got some of the new new engineers to listen to this, but I can't remember. Well, either are, way, I think there, after shout out. I've talked about. I'm sure he knows that I'm going Eagles, but I need you to be dropping hints that he needs to be picking the Niners. This is probably my best chance to get ahead. Okay. <laughs> you can't get ahead when the Eagles lose, though. So I was gonna say, what right? I know. Lose? Yeah. Then I then I whatever. I that's it is what it is. But yeah, that's I'm that confident. The Eagles aren't going to lose. You heard it here first. We had one such outburst in our last podcast involving the Vikings, and that didn't turn out so well. So we shall see if you have the same luck. To who? I had an outburst? No, Seth said the same thing. He said he's very confident the Vikings are going to win, and um, they're sitting at home right now. Have you seen their team, though? They're probably not at home. They're probably in Bora Bora or something. I heard they booked plane tickets with Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) To Thailand one way. I'll tell you what, Dalton Schultz is going to be booking the same ticket after that, the end of that game. My God. Celtics lost to the Magic, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Did they? <laughs> yeah. That broke a streak. You guys seem to be losing the Magic a lot this year. Shout yeah. out Jonathan Isaac. We Extreme like right winger Jonathan Isaac returns to the court and just absolutely decimates the Celtics. More points than minutes played. <laughs> Who do He's we finally even? scored more points than chapters in his book. 